think we're moving already. You can adjust it. An incredible sermon. Yeah. It will be one that could be studied, I think. It was a brilliant and a huge audience. What an audience, worldwide audience for this. Incredibly. I'm very impressed. In the light, or because I don't know my as far as uh, I can move back. I think maybe because the position of the seats different. Back a little bit. We're still getting used to. Oh, it's the mic stand. I think that's probably better. Right? Yeah. I have a stack of books today. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what we get to. What's that? <laughs> no, it will. Is every every week a new topic? Oh, there. That's it. Okay. We can stand together. Oh, Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devi Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindevyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharma Sarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam 
ಓಂ ಸದಾಶಿವಸಮಾರಂಭಂ ಶಂಕರಚಾರಮಜಮಂ ಅಶ್ಮರಚಾರಪ್ರಯಂತಂ ವಂದೇ ಗುರುಂ ಪರಂ ಪರಂ ಓಂ ಗುರುಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರು ವಿಷ್ಣು ಗುರುದೇವೋ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಗುರುದೇವ ಪರಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಂ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಶರಡ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ So continuing in our uh, discussions on uh, kind of a bird's eye view, introduction to the Kali Puja, the Puja that we're doing here daily, monthly. Yeah, we're kind of going through a little bit the simple Kali Puja book as well as our more elaborate Puja. We're, we're using the more elaborate Puja to show more details, but I think, where are we in this? We did the... Um, Asana, uh, what did we do last time? We did Bhumi Shuddhi and Asana Stapana, the purification of the earth and the establishment of the seat. In the small book, it's simply all that's kind of joined in the establishment of the seat on page 11. And then it's, it jumps to uh, Pushpa Shuddhi, purification of the flowers. But in the larger book, there's a few more, de a few more uh, details that are done before uh, Pushpa Shuddhi. Yes. And so one, one of our uh, friends, uh, he mentioned, he watched the class, he watched last week's class. He said, oh, you would, I wish you would have mentioned this. I'll, I'll, the, <laughs> I'll backtrack a little bit. Because we mentioned, we were talking a little bit about purification. Actually, we're talking a lot about purification. This whole section is purification. All these page after page is going to be purification of the ob of obstacle, purification of the hand, purification of the flowers, purification of... of, of, of eh? Earthly obstacle purification of heavenly obstacle purification, self purification of the body, purification of the alphabet. So that seems to be a big theme. And we mentioned last week a little bit some difference between uh, cleanliness and, and hygiene, and then purity and ritual purity. And so, uh, and so, a simple one of the, we talked a lot about, a lot about you know, cleaning, purity of place, pure, pure, bathing, being physically pure like that. And what Gwen um, mentioned that, that we, uh, about the different types of baths, an interesting little sub, little sub thing. Let me find here. So you do, we think uh, that's like the, the, the most common thing. If something is dirty, you wash it. You wash it clean. And we're dirty, we take a bath. So the bath with water, that's the most common. Both we ourselves, we take a bath. And if we wash something, we also use water to bathe it, to purify it. You know, and generally, our general rule, anything that can be washed, we wash. That's usually a good, a good sign. So fruit comes, we wash the fruit. The flowers come, we wash the flowers. Right? Yeah. But still, there's more purification that happens even further. So one of the... Um, um, uh, so the water, purification by water, by, it's, it, or, or bathing by water, the word for water, the deity for water, is Varuna. Right, so Varuna Snan, right? This is bathing in water. It makes that's obvious type of thing. Varuna Snan. There's also Manisika, uh, Manasika Snan, mental bath. And Manasika, of course, one thing you can you imagine yourself, you can you can imagine bathing in your mind. But Manasika Snan literally means bathing with mantras, the type of mantra Snan. And so even like we do Opavitra, the first mantra from the whole book, Opavitra Pavitrova Sarva Vastam Gatopiva. Right, that is a certain sense we're using a mantra to take a bath, right, and putting the mind there. And in very elaborate pujas, there's another set of things we do. We actually take two fingers 
and dipping in water and we sprinkle ourselves chanting mantras that's a very common form of manis, manasika uh, snan so there's different Vaishnava forms and the tantric forms there's one uh, kind of a vedic tantric form mixture said om bhuvaha punan punantu shirasihi om bhuvaha punantu netrayo om swaha there's ways of sprinkling sprinkling touching your body with different things and sprinkling your head with different mantras right uh, this is a way of, of bathing if you can't take a full bath this is another way of bathing Right. There's so many types. Uh, but uh, uh, it's said that for puja, like there's many ways to, 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 to bathe, but for puja you shouldn't you shouldn't avoid it's not an excuse not to bathe. It's not an excuse not to wash something. Right, especially in doing puja, one should be bathed, and when cooking for the deity, when cooking bog, right, then you should take a full bath and wear a sprinkler. Not just if I mean something we do all this, we, we, we do we grab the Ganga water, Vishnu 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 Jai Ganga. You know that's we Thakur said that Ganga purifies everything, so we have faith like this, right? But that's not an excuse to take to be properly clean, properly bath. Other other topic that I began, I, I remember it. We could have mentioned last week that we didn't at once uh, we had finished already. Because we were talking about the establishment of the seed, and we went to a lot, a lot of symbolic and esoteric details about what the seed was and the earth element. But purification or establishing the asana is also your, literally the place you sit and the cloth you sit on. And so I mentioned, oh, there's also different types of asanas, right? And uh, and different asanas made of different materials have a different effect, and believed to have a different effect. And certain certain products, certain items are are considered by their very nature clean. And also, not only are therefore pure, but also purifying. So the most common one we think about is this kushasan, kushagrass. Kushagrass itself, anything it touches becomes clean. Anything, it also has the quality of, of being like a um, uh, opposite of a conductor. It's a ins- insula- insulator. Thank you, insulator. Right? You know, you put a, you're 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 not affected by the the environment that you sit on. We mentioned last week that, you know, you're in a dirty place, you put your asana, at least you're clean, right, in, in a dirty place, right? So similarly, the, asana, the, the kushasana has that quality. And, but kushasana, it, it insulates, and also it's believed that when, when yogis are doing spiritual practice, they, they create an uh, energetic charge in a certain sense, an upward moving current. And, you know, like when you're, if you're, if you're magnetically charged, electronically charged, you touch something, you ground. Right, so this is believed not that, that to stop a certain grounding quality, right? So the, the energy that you're you're generating, the sad through your sad and the shakti, and like that is not is not immediately fitted away. So that's another benefit. But it also the thing that anything it touches becomes pure. We use a, a little switch of, of, of kusha grass. You, you 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 sprinkle something with kusha with kusha grass, it becomes clean. If you um um we make a pavitra ring, a ring made of kusha grass, that everything we touch with that kusha grass, the hands become pure and everything we touch becomes pure, right? Uh, uh, there's an ancient story where, uh, uh, let me see if I get it right from Mahabharata, the Garuda, and uh, who's the king of snakes? Vasuki. Is it Vasuki? Yeah. Not Shesha, Tataka, I think, maybe. I'm forgetting there's a couple, I mean, I'm not sure if, 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 if it's a, maybe it's Vasuki, Vasuki Nag, maybe Vasuki Nag, probably Vasuki Nag, where they're actually, in the story, uh, they're, they're brothers, and they're both the mother. I'm forgetting the mother's name, but the mother had had laid, in a certain sense, both eggs, right? Uh, both the king of snakes and the king of birds, the eagle and the snake, right? And 
out of uh, impatience, she decides, I wonder, I'm, I wonder why, why aren't they being born? She became impatient and, and cracked one and brought one out sooner. That was Basuki, the Naga, right? And so, and then, and then later, Garuda came out. Right, so there may be, I mean, I'm not going to superimpose uh, ancient knowledge of evolution, right? But also, I mean, in a certain sense, a bird is a, a further uh, uh, evolution of, 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 of um, uh, reptiles, you know, that we believe that, I mean, we believe, I mean, it's, it's believed, it's considered that the scales become, became feathers like that. But Basuki became so infuriated with his mother that now his brother gets to fly everywhere. And he has to crawl on the ground. Now, what do eagles do? They eat snakes, right? On top of so the the, the 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 rift between the brothers goes pretty deep, you know. And so he enslaves his mother, right? And so Garuda once he's trying to go, how do I free my mothers from this enslavement? And so Vasuki uh, Nag he says, if you know the 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 gods and the demons they churned the ocean recently, and from that this pot of amrita came. You bring the Amrita. You put it in front of me. The second you give me the Amrita, you, our mother's soul is free. You can have her. She's free. And so Garuda goes and he fights. I forget. If you forgive me, I forget if he fights Vishnu. If he fight, probably doesn't fight Vishnu. He's not, <laughs> but he fights most likely Indra, uh, and wins. Whoever he fights, he wins, and he takes the pot of nectar uh, to to the snakes. And Indra, or whatever god he fought, runs after him, flying. He says. You must. You're quite amazing. Nobody can win me or win Vishnu in, in battle. Maybe one. I think it made me win Vishnu. I think if, if I remember the story right. It was a long time ago that I read the story <laughs> in Berkeley days. <laughs> uh, so forgive me if I get a little bit jumbled. But the point will be there. Um, and so this the uh, 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 and so Garuda is saying, "I'm no one snake. My brother enslaved my mother, and if I bring the nectar, then she'll be free." So he says, okay, what, what was the words? What are, what's the deal? What's the contract? The second I put it down, then my mother's soul is free. I can, she's free from that bondage, from her, her, her slavery. And so he said, okay, you put it down, and I'll make, because the snakes can't have nectar. We can't have, we can't, gods get nectar. You know, that not everything, it's, you know, that was, it's not part of the deal, the way nature, not the rhythm of everything, right? So as soon as you put it down, I shall come and take it. And then you will satisfy the requirement for the, for your mother, and I will satisfy the requirement of snakes not being immortal, right? Other creatures not being immortal. Says okay. So when when Garuda is coming with his pitcher of nectar, the snakes are, where do we where do we where do we put it? Where do we put it? Where do we put it? So they well they get some grass. There's some there's some hay, some grass, some dried grass there. Says that they put that put that down as an awesome, some respectful place to put this treasure, right? But they don't have much. They get like that, and so they put the amrita down. Uh, he put, uh, Garuda puts the Amrita down and immediately uh, Indra or Vishnu comes and steals it and it's gone. Right? And the snakes freak out. Right? And they run and start licking the place where the Amrita was put. Right? And it says in the Mahabharata that this is one of the reasons that they have a, a split tongue. Right? The source myth for that is a split tongue. Right? They cut it on the sharp edges of the kusha grass. Yeah. But because the Amrita had touched the kusha grass, right? The um, the kusha grass now has a quality of nectar. This purest of all substance now, by by it's touched it, so it also became pure. Kusha grass has this uh, because since that time it has a, it's pure and purifying, right? And because the kusha grass had touched the, the the nectar and the snakes had touched the kusha grass, right? This pure thing, they also got some of the quality in the story of this nectar of immortality. They became like immortal.
right? So the idea that snakes are born again and again, they 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 die and then they come out of their of their skin again and again, right? So and, and the view, it's not exactly a, a, a um, biologically perfect, uh, accurate statement, but it's a mythological view of saying that snakes don't die. Snakes keep snakes are like immortal. They keep being reborn and reborn and reborn, right? Unless you kill them. If you kill a snake, that's when the snake dies. It's like the devas. The devas don't die, but they can be killed. They don't die naturally because of the amrita, right? And so, uh, 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 actually, this is why there's a, I mean, the snake is a great symbol of many things, of kundalini and like this, right? But it's considered a very, very serious crime to kill a snake, right? Actually, people, even people who are suffering, and it seems and now if people are suffering in their life, they go to an astrologer and they'll find, oh, you have this sarpadarsha, they call it, right? Nagadosha. Yeah, uh, uh, Nagadosha, yeah. And Mary time will find in front of Shiva or in a little box two little like little silver snakes and like oh somebody's yeah. doing some rectification they they have like that and usually what they if they if they if they find this in the chart right they say oh in a past life you killed a snake it's a curse of a snake right and and that that follows you right because it's like the idea that the snake is it's like to kill to kill anything is bad. But we, you know, we're going to die in a few years anyway. It maybe it interrupts our progress a little bit, right? There may be a violent break to, if you kill something or we get killed, right? But a snake is supposed to last a lifetime. I mean, they, they're eternal. Not really, but they're eternal. And if you kill it, you really, you really have done a, a great crime. Right? It's very interesting. I know people who, that, uh, that, uh, that snakes chase them everywhere they go. All the time they're being bothered by snakes. And other people who like... The snakes, they, they never see a snake. If they see a snake, the snake never bothers them, right? And interesting enough, if, when it's looked into it, I don't know much about Jyotish and astrology, but this is the, that those who are being bothered by snakes in past life, they killed the snake. They can see in there, they have this in their chart, in their past life, they killed, believe that they killed the snake. Snakes don't forget. <laughs> but in this life, uh, by mistake, you kill them. Yeah. So, so what we do, so that's the thing, is like when, it, when a, a snake is killed consciously, then there's no rectification for it. If it's killed accidentally, sometimes people run over a snake like this, or a lizard like that, then there's, there's um, rectifications that are done, right? Uh, it says in the, uh, some of the things, there's a thing called the Surya Bharat, um, Chandra Bharat, Chandra Bharat. It's a very fierce, I don't, I don't want to tell everybody what it is, it's not an easy, not an easy Bharat to do, but you start on the, on the full moon. And that day you take 16, 15 handfuls of food. And the next day you take, as of now, now it's one day digit now, you take 14 handfuls of food, 13 handfuls of food. Like this, until the new moon, you eat nothing. And the next day you eat one handful. And so that one month of this extreme of reducing your food and increasing your food, right? that removes the accidental sin, the result of an accidentally killing a snake. Interesting. You know, there are things like that that are done. There's also other things, but this is one I know it's mentioned in the Shastra. Uh, people go there and perform the and, and or for, specifically for this purpose yeah yeah there's, 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 there's rights like that and, and and I know I know like uh, somebody who where a snake was actively killed in the temple and they did you know days of rituals and and to purify the snake and do and to cremate it with all high honors of a Brahmin you know like trying to yeah. <laughs> try, you know there's a lot there's a lot of symbolism to it also it's a symbol of the divine mother of Shakti, of Shiva. There's so many things to it. We won't go, it's a different topic. And even but, uh, if you burn, the fear will follow you. Yeah, something like this, you know. So it's, it's something. Um, so that's one. So, so, uh, so 
Um, so Kusha, back to Kushasa. So this is one of the reasons. This is a source not only of snakes and not killing snakes and and offering silver snakes uh, temples, uh, uh, is the source of the, this purifying grass. So the seat of that asana is considered very purifying, right? And it's mentioned throughout the shastras that actually when like King Prithu was so pious, right, that the entire land was covered with Kusha, Kusha grass. With their points pointing towards the north, whatever the way it's usually pointed. That means, I mean, what that means by saying that the whole land, his whole kingdom was covered in kusha grass, means everywhere the people are doing yagyas, because that's the seat for a yagya, right? And Krishna also says in the Gita, what should be the seat of, of, of a yogi, right? First, you find a place that's clean and secluded and peaceful and beautiful, right? And it shouldn't be too high or too low. And then on top of that, you spread a cloth. No, no, first you put your mrigasana, uh, 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 a deer skin. On top of that, you put kusha grass. On top of that, you put a, a clean cloth. Then taking the seat on that with the back, head, and neck held straight, head straight. Think upon me like this. this is the instruction of Krishna in the Gita. So kushasana is there and mrigasana is there, this, uh, uh, this deer skin. Mrigasana also has a very ancient connection. It's a symbolic connection. It's many things. It's believed to have an energetic quality. And... A little bit magical thinking, where you where something takes on the quality by by association, like um uh, like a deer. What's a deer? A deer is fickle. Deer is you know you've seen a deer, right? So Shiva holds. Sometimes you see images of Shiva holding a deer, or sometimes you see him at least in this mudra, big mudra. Sometimes you hear him holding the deer, or sometimes in, in big mudra. That means he holds the mind still. Right now, of course, that's not, how do we hold the mind still by killing the deer? That's not the the point, right? But 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 the deer, but having the deer itself by him wearing a deer, sitting on the deer, holding a deer, having the symbol of the deer means that the mind is held still. You'll see a lot of Buddhist uh, like uh, gates. There'll be like the wheel of Dharma over the gate, and there'll be two deers. Buddha himself spoke his first sermon in the deer like this in a deer park, right? But they're they're pointed, showing that the deers are still focused, but the mind is completely focused on the Dharma wheel. A meditation. So this is one of the symbols, and so it says that the, the, the mrigasana especially has a quality of making the mind calm, right? There's other asanas people use, right? There's like what the other one that yogis Shiva also wears a um, uh, bug, uh, bug, uh, uh, tiger asana, right? T tiger, tiger skin, right? Bhagambari is one name of Shiva, right? He wears a tiger skin. There's a whole story on how that comes. There was a great sacrifice, and Shiva came to disrupt it by, by material. And, and it's a very good story, but I won't tell it, because I'll never get to the puja. Right? <laughs> it's a good story. We'll tell it another time. Right? But uh, the point is that they, they pull out of the fire, they pull out a tiger and throw it at him. And, and Shiva skins a tiger and puts it around his waist. Okay, if you don't like me being naked in front of you, I'll use, you know. And so it has many, many things. The tiger has been interpreted also being this ferocious quality, this animalistic the most fierce type of quality, right? Full rajas like that. Shiva wears it or sits on it, right? By sitting on the tiger, he sits. And also the idea of sitting on a deer or sitting on a tiger skin, sitting on something, you're also like pinning it down, you know? And it has a quality of, of being, so the tiger, the deer skin is used by, by yogis and bhaktas, right? Tiger skin is used by tantrics because they, they want a certain type of, it gives power. It's a rajasic type of shakti. So it's used for, to attain mantra siddhi and, and kundalini awakening, this type of thing. It's a different conception, different motivation like that. Then it says uh, some people sit on wood, some people sit on bamboo, right? In the Guru Gita, there's a whole, at the, sec, at the end of Guru Gita, I think it mentions chanting Guru Gita, sitting on different types of asanas, right? In the, in the pulse area. 
It says if you, I'm not afraid to mention there, if you sit on black cloth, on red cloth, on yellow cloth, on, on different types of, on wood, on skin. I forget the, it's been a long time since I read those verses. But there's one that says that if you sit on, on, on bamboo, right, then you become poor. Right? The, result, the result of sitting on bamboo is poverty. Right, you know, so maybe, maybe I mean, I'm just saying, but they believe it that the thing has an, a, a subtle, these are subtle effects, and it could be that that type of asana has an effect to create that that that, that result, or it could be that what you want, you find the proper asana, right? If you want, if you're trying to do something, I want to get power, I want to control my control my enemies, well then, oh, then you need this is the mantra, this is the sadhana, this is the asana, this is the time and place you do it. Everything has its own vidhi, its own science. Its own tradition, its own like this, right? So for, for yogis, the science is it's kushasana, mrigasana, and then the question is, well, what about why are you killing animals? Like this is a, that's another issue, right? Swami Shivananda says ideally the animal should not be hunted, should not be killed in the normal way. But also in the ancient times, there there were, I mean, not everyone's are not everyone's a yogi, not everyone's a brahmin, not everyone's a sadhu, a sannyasi, or pujari, like this, right? And so in the forest, there's hunters, just like in here, there's people who do all kinds of jobs, right? And the res- some of the results of what they do, they try to purify themselves by doing some seva. And, they, and they give the, they give, they're giving skin to the yogis and brahmanas like this. It's not being hunted for them. But ideally it said it should be that they're, they, they die in natural causes. Now, that's, what does that mean? Who knows? You know? but, um, uh, but you see, now we think, we think of it, this is, doesn't seem to be an auspicious. We don't, want any, we don't want to be part of an economy of violence right? and use that for our meditation. Right? So I remember I was talking to um, uh, my guru by Swami Paramananda. And, and, you know, we're up in Colorado in his ashram, high in, him, high in the Himalayas of the Colorado mountains, uh, the northern Himalayas. And I was saying, so here there's a lot, you know, because I know uh, one of my, my friends gave me my first Mdagasana. It was from roadkill, right? So something I, that killed. So it's also very violent, also killed by man. Not hunted for me, but it, I mean, it was a very, it's almost a worse, you can't get a more worse type of death, right? But he has a friend that, that in traditional ways skins and knows that science and, and would give, that was my first. So I was asking my, the Swamiji, my Guru Bhai, is you know anything like that happened? Is there anything available? I was trying to think how to do it. I was trying to weasel my way. I wanted a deer skin without getting a deer skin. You know, we don't want to be we don't be part of the karmic economy. You know, naturally, you were trying to do it. Right? He says, "This is it's traditional." That was his answer. <laughs> I was just I was like, "Yogis use this, right?" You know, it's like, and, and and that was his point. You know, don't use it. I mean, I don't use it. You don't use it. I don't. I don't care about these things. It doesn't doesn't help me study Vedanta in the least bit, <laughs> right? But whatever it is, so maybe that's the answer. These are traditional things. This is the way things were were done. So they they have meaning, traditional meaning. We believe they have actual like astral and they're connected and they have this result. It's hard to make a good argument on how sitting on this type of thing will lead to. You chant your mantra on the wrong type of seat, you'll 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 get poor instead of holy. It's probably not true, you know. I mean, it's hard to justify like that. But it also is a sign that everything has meaning. Every every sadhana has its own vidhi, its own tradition, its own science, right? So in puja, this the, the it's it's you know proper asana, purifying, you know, like this. If you're doing some different types of tantric sadhana, then it requires different types of asanas, like this. That was the two points. See, I even get took me thirty four minutes to get to. Okay, verse one. So uh, uh, called Guru Guru Pranama, salutation of the gurus, and so this is a, in in the puja. You maybe have seen somebody do. You, we, we kind of reach to one side and we salute above the ear, and each time we we move up and we do the next mantra, we move up and we also move our hand up a little higher up the head, a little higher up the head, a little higher. So it's like 
ओम ऐं श्री गुरभ्योर्मह ओम परम ओम ऐं परम गुरभ्योर्मा ऐं परम पर गुरभ्रोम भ्यो नम ओम ऐं परमिष्ट गुरभ्यो नम ओम गम गणेशाय नम दिस सो दिस इज द गुरु प्रणाम सेक्शन Now, Guru Puj, the very first mantra is Om Sri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari. We start with Guru, right? And later, the first puja, the actual little puja we're doing, either you start with Ganesha, we start, we start with Guru. We do Guru, then Ganesha, and other deities like this. So there'll be a little Guru puja as part of the puja. We always stand like this. But this is always this is insert this is uh, independent of our opening mantra to the Guru and the little Guru puja, the first puja that we'll offer is to the Guru. This is a, a special um, invocation of the lineage and. Of the of the lineage of gurus, All right? So it so we uh, and the, the idea is that they're the, the the gurus are in a row, right? They're you know that's why they're kind of kind of saluted one after another, right? There and you can see very often like you go to a Hare Krishna temple, they have the lineage of gurus, right? You know Prabhupada and Bhaktisiddhanta, Bhaktisiddhanta and uh, you know it moves like this, right? If you go to an SRF, they have the lineage of gurus, right? So it's a very common thing. Usually the tradition is you remember. It says so if you, in puja and sadhana daily you remember four gurus, you remember your guru, your guru's guru, your guru's guru's guru, and your guru's 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 guru. Your your guru grandfather, grand guru, grand grand great great grand guru, and great great grand guru. That's a simple way of thinking, right? That daily you should at least and and there's an interesting little scene uh, in Sami Paramananda, our guru. But he wrote he helped translate a book about our guruji wrote about his guru. About Yogi Raj Handi Baba, and and in it he he in the introduction he wrote a beautiful really he's a brilliant brilliant thinker and brilliant writer. In the introduction he says we salute um, uh, uh, um, Swami Yogananda Saraswati that was a guru of of of, of Handi Baba, and Yogi Raj Handi Baba uh, Yogi Raj Handi Baba Swami Hridayananda Saraswati, and my guru Swami Vishudevananda. So he goes that he mentions but he only mentioned three, because that's all we know. Right after that, because these are wandering sadhus, we don't have books of lists like this. Some there is there is Naga Babas that can recite a thousand generation, a hundred generations. That's their tradition. We're not trained like that. We don't have that 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 knowledge, right? But then he said, "I salute my guru, his guru, and his guru, and 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 the 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 uh, ancient unbroken lineage of gurus, right?" And then he great the great emotional line I love very much. He says, "Whose names may have been forgotten, but whose teachings have been transmitted." That's the science. You know, we may not remember the names. We should remember the names. Imagine if you don't like. I remember my my, my mom and dad's name. I remember my grandfather's name. I think I maybe know my great one of my great grandparents' name. My great great grandparents' name I don't know. So that's a very weird situation, right? That that uh, that we live such a life that our grandchildren won't remember our names. This is something. There's a thing actually that one of the things like when, when I said when we do this this. Um, Snan, uh, mantra snan, where you take water with these two fingers. These two fingers have an astrological meaning. I'm not going to go into the, each finger has a different planet and like that. But this brings uh, fame, wealth and fame. Now it's weird in the beginning of the puja you're trying to do for wealth and fame. What's wealth? You need enough wealth to do, to perform your sadhana and like this. And what's fame? Fame's not mean you know, name and fame. I want to be famous and, and and like this. It means you do something worthy to be remembered, right? Yeah, you know, it's like like. Our own gra- our, we don't remember our grandparents' names, right? You know, it's like it's not, maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's our fault, right? Maybe, maybe they did something to be remembered. But there's some people whose name, you know, Jesus. Two thousand years later, people still you can't you can't get away from his name. You can't you can't avoid his name. Everywhere you go, it's his name. Where right? he lived such a life that his he had a tremendous impact on us. Now he he wasn't trying. I don't think he was trying for name and fame, right? You know, but the effect he had such for Ramakrishna, his name's not been forgotten. 
right? Probably won't be for a thousand years, you know. Krishna, 5,000 years ago, his name, he's still, his name still, even in this town, here tonight, we'll chant, we'll sing his name. There's people remembering and singing his name so many years later. Such great lives, right? So, um, um, so we remember, at le- we should try to remember at least for our gurus. But each, each one has a little different. So, Guru Byo, Byo means more than one. So, it's a, it's so, Sri Guru Byo Namaha. So, our gurus. So, it's not just our guru and our guru's guru and our guru's guru's guru and our guru's 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 guru. It's our gurus and our guru's gurus. Right? You get the, <laughs> so, it's like we don't just have one guru, we have so many teachers. Right? We have the gurus. We have the, usually we consider the person who gives us our mantra. We have some idea what that means of guru. But sometimes we get we have a sannyas guru if we become sannyasis, right? Our parents are our gurus. The one we learn the Vedas from is our gurus. The one we learn the person who teaches us dancing is our guru. The person who teaches us uh, raga is our guru. There's different types of gurus, right? And all of them are given properly. So when, when we when we remember the guru, we remember all the gurus, right? See, guru bio namaha, parama guru bio means para means other, so beyond. Right. It means supreme also, but this not in this particular. It means a guru is like means grand, like a grandfather, the one beyond. So our guru and the guru's guru. Om para uh, param para guru parampara. That means beyond beyond, but parampara also means lineage, the beyond 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 lineage. So we the lineage of gurus. So that third one is also the guru's guru's guru or the lineage of guru, the parampara parampara guru bionamaha, right? And then paramishti paramishti is also. It means the guru's 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 guru, but it also means the original guru, the source guru, right? The one that it all comes from, right? So sometimes, uh, sometimes we think of the, the representative of the source is some great guru of the past, right? So if you like, like when we're walking, I'm, I'm walking with Guruji Samyomananda, and somebody starts talking to him, he says, "Oh, where is Sam Babaji? Where are you? Oh, we have the ashram," and he says, "Oh, Handiya Baba Sampradaya. We're in the lineage of Handiya Baba." He doesn't mention I, I'm the head of the guru or or, or, or Swami Vishuddhivananda, because in in town we we the, the source guru he represents the source, right? That you would say, oh, you're you're the, the, the Nityananda's line. Nityananda was not the first one. He had a guru and he had a guru and he had a guru. But we don't remember them. Maybe we do remember them. You say, oh, we're we're in the Nityananda's lineage, or we're in Ramakrishna's lineage. Ramakrishna had many gurus. They all had gurus. They all had gurus. They all had gurus, right? When we think, oh, we're in Ramakrishna. We're in the tradition of Ramakrishna. We don't mention, oh, we're actually coming from Totapuri or from Totapuri's guru or Bhairavi and Bhairavi, who knows who Bhairavi, we don't even know who Bhairavi's guru is. Maybe we do, I don't, I don't know who Bhairavi's guru is. Or the person Thakur got in his diksha from or his father's got his, you know, these type of things. We say, oh, so, so sometimes the guru's guru's guru represents the source. As a personality, it represents the source. But also means there is a source. Right? Like, we, like in, in, in Juna Akara, we think, oh, our, our, our Padamishti guru is Dattatreya. Right, he's an ancient. He's a mythological character. He's an ancient time prehistory. You can't talk. You can't talk who he was and when he was. He's. We know in, in ancient historical time there was an ancient tradition of, 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 of a mystical, prehistoric yogi. Right, prehistoric means it's not history. You can't talk history about him. Right, prehistoric yogi. We can talk history of, of how his cult developed, including Junakara. But he's and so many many lineages consider him to be the Padmashti Guru. Actually, most tantra follow is is coming from Dattatreya. Sannyas is coming from Dattatreya. Um, uh, um, um, the Nath yogis are coming. From, Hatha yoga comes from Dattatreya, right? So many, uh, so many different lineages claim him, right? But Dattatreya, who's Dattatreya? He had oh, he had three. He's a son of these ancient yogis, rishis. He had three heads, 
It's like, okay, so you're talking about a prehistoric person with three heads. So you're, you, can't be, you have to be careful how you present the historical person with three heads, right? So it represents something also, whoever he was. Right, he represents something very deep. He's, you know, we say Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Deva Maheshwara, the Guru Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Right? And he's the Supreme Brahman beyond. Param Brahman, Tasmai Shiva. So Dattatriya is the embodiment of the three Murti, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, and the Supreme Brahman. We use the same mantras for him. right? And, or you could say, oh, uh, or often we say Dakshinamurti Guru Bhyodamaha. Um, so Dakshinamurti is the original Guru. We can say like that. Oh, that he's over oh, that 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 he's Shiva himself as Guru. That's Dakshinamurti, right? So who's Dakshinamurti as Guru? Even Dakshinamurti. It says in the in, in, in the in the opening verses of the Guru Gita, right? Uh, uh, Shiva Shiva is meditating, and somebody walks by, and Shiva bows, and Parvati goes, "You're God. Who are you bowing to? Well, I'm bowing to my Guru. Says, but you're you're the Guru of everybody. That Guru he's bowing to is himself as Dakshinamurti. Even Shiva bows to his Guru." Dakshinamurti is a mysterious, and we, it's another whole other talk also, but it's a, it's a, he's God as Guru. Right? I sometimes think is, uh, Dakshinamurti is God, God as Guru, we call Dakshinamurti, the symbol of Guru. God as Yogi, we call Dattatriya. Right? It's the same, but the same, are they two different? I mean, at this level, you can't talk them as separate things. Right? Or we're oh, in the lineage of, of Shankaracharya. Right? Shankaracharya had a Guru. <laughs> <laughs> and he put together lineages of all kinds of lineages. It says that he put together so many lineages, hundreds of lineages, right? So it's not so the guru bio, the more than one guru. It's, it's it represents and the, and the paramishti guru is whoever the or God is the ultimate guru. God is paramishti guru. But there's a verse which I like very much. I find my book. I think this verse is very significant. Let's see if I can. I had it. I had it marked for last week. Talk, which I didn't get to, but I think it's here. Mm-hmm. So this question, Devi is asking Lord Shiva in Mahanubana Tantra. Mahanubana Tantra is a beautiful. I like this book, this text very much. Um, because it's 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 what we consider a late tantra, right? The tantras are complicated, vast, and 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 and, but there when you grab any of the tantras, they're developing traditions, right? Mahanivara tantras are fairly so it, it's it's it, it's brought together a lot of the the, the tantric age kind of blooms with Mahanivara tantra, so it's very mature. All these points that are you, that are kind of weird and 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 mysterious. Uh, um, uh, and not fully developed and not understandable in the tantras, by the time the Manu Tantra Shiva says, "Oh, this is exactly what it means. It's very clear what it means." So we get a kind of like the fruition of the tantra tradition in Mahana Tantra, right? Mm. So who is Guru? Who is Guru? Who is Parama Guru? Who is Paramishti? Who is Parampara Guru? Parampara Guru? And who is Paramishti Guru? He says, "Mantra Datam Guru Proktaha." Right? The one who gives the mantra is the guru. Holy Mother said the same thing. People say, oh, I'm a disciple of, you know, I, I received Diksha from Brahmananda, Swami Brahmananda, but then I see my Brahmacharya from Vigyana, and my Brahm, and my, and my sannyas from, you know, something like that. So, of course, they're all, one is your Brahmacharya guru, one is your sannyas guru, but the one who gave the mantra is the guru. 
We said that that holy mother said, "Oh, the one who gives the mantra." This is almost identical statement, right? Mantra dat, mantra data, guru prokta. The one who gives the mantra is the guru, right? So, what is parama guru, right? So, parama means better than the guru, right? Beyond the guru, higher than the guru, right? So, what is the parama? So that's so. So parama mantra mantranam parama guru. The mantra itself is the param guru, right? Not our guru's guru. Right? The guru is the one who gives the mantra, but the mantra is better than the guru is the, is the mantra. If I give you a hundred dollars, you can say, "Oh, Swami, you gave me a hundred dollars." The hundred dollars made you made you. The money is the thing. I, I get my value because I gave you something, right? You know, so so that the, the the one who gives the mantra is so valuable because he gives the mantra. That means the mantra is more valuable, right? But sometimes we can't separate it because we can't separate the giver and the gift. They're the same thing. To use Bodo Guruji's language, he said, "If I uh, and it's true, he says, if you're imagine you're a poor student. I didn't have to imagine. I was a poor student, right? Imagine you're a poor student, and I give you one check. And President of the United States gives you one check. He says one million dollars and gives you. Now you're a millionaire, right? right? So, so who made you a millionaire? Right? In one sense, the check made you a millionaire, but he made you a millionaire." They're so connected, they're, in the same, they're the same thing. But between a giver and a gift and the gift, the giver of the gift gets value because of the gift that he gives. Right? So guru is the one who gives the mantra, and parama guru is the mantra itself. And so guru means teacher. Right? So the teacher is the one who teaches you the mantra. But it's like, if I, like I'm giving you the teachings on, 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 on puja. Right? So I have some value for that. Like that. But the teachings on puja are the ones teaching you, not me. You see how that means? It's the thing, it's, 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 high, it's more guru than the guru is the mantra that the guru gives. Or the mantra, I mean, it could also the mantra is not just the mantra that we get in Diksha, but the mantras are the teachings and the slokas, and like they can be by extension like that also. The scripture, scriptural tradition itself, but usually it's understood as a guru. Mantra data guru prokta mantranam parama guru para 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 guru tvam hi parat para and better than that Better than Guru is great, the mantra, which is greater, what's better than the mantra? Parapara, right? It says, Parapara Guru Twamhi. The Parapara Guru is you, meaning Parvati, meaning Devi. So the Divine Mother herself is higher than the, higher than the Guru is the mantra, higher than the mantra is a Devi. Because the Devi, this is a Devi text for starters, we have to assume like this, right? But that means that, that the mantra, the mantra is so wonderful. Why? Because it's, it's, it's the Devi, right? You know, it's the one to point. So it's, uh, 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 it's like uh, um, uh, the one who gives you the, the money is great. The money is great. But the money is not itself something. It, it buys something. It holds something, represents something, right? The very, the, 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 the value. So she is, she's, the full the shakti behind everything that, that is the, the 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 one that the mantra points to or the one that the mantra embodies is parampara guru the real the higher higher than the guru higher than the mantra is she whom the mantra names right and she's not different from the mantra it's like it's like the giver of the gift is not different from the gift right the the, the giver of the money is not different from the money and the money is not different than what it, the money is also not different from what it buys and what it represents the value that it represents right we've mentioned this i mean Magyanananda gave a very nice talk in, in, in um, Washington, D.C. And he says that you, uh, 
you make a uh, you use clay to 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 spell to make letters that spell out the word clay, right? The word clay is pointing to clay itself, and it's made of clay itself. So the mantra is the Devi herself. It points to the Devi. It says Devi. The mantra Kali. So the mantra for Kali has the word Kali in it. The mantra for Shiva has the word Shiva in it. It points to it. it it's a it, it's a name indicates points to something, but it is the thing it points to. Right, so it's even more guru than the guru in the mantra is the devi herself. So Paramishti guru, who is the Paramishti guru? Paramishti guru twa aham. Right, the but the supreme, the the, the original, the source, aham me, that Shiva himself speaking. Right, that the 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 and beyond even the one to point to is the supreme reality, the the base of everything. Right, and then also. This is we can understand that this is Shiva speaking. So the one the one who gives you the mantra is is the guru. The mantra itself is more gurus than the guru, greater than guru. Beyond that, you, the one the guru points to, and me, the spiritual conscious behind everything, so is 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 the source. I am the source of everything, the ultimate object and source. Right. But we can also take this a little bit carefully. But the tantras allow this type of interpretation as a secondary interpretation. As a, as as yogis, what is it? Oh, the one who gives the mantra is the guru. The mantra is a parama guru, and when Shiva says "tvam," you, this means this, right? The manifested world is also the, this is Devi's rupa. This is Devi's lila. This is Devi's rupa, right? The, the manifested world in which all sound comes from, and therefore the mantra comes from. Everything is the manifestation is the param para guru, right? And then aham, we say with Shiva, we say aham, not 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 so bhajananda, but you know the real aham. Within the eye is a real eye, the, the the actual self of everything. That is the Paramishti Guru. So this is one. It's a it's a brilliant. Should, so much is put into one one simple sloka. I'll read it again. Mantra datam guru proktaha mantra nam paramaguru para para gurustvamhi paramishti gurus gurustva gurustvaham. One who initiates a disciple by giving the mantra is the guru. The mantra itself is the parama guru, superior guru. O Parvati, you Parvati are para para guru, the supreme guru, and I Shiva am Paramishti guru or the eternal guru. Very right. um, simple thing. And so by doing this, Om Aim Sri Guru Bhyodamaha, Om Aim Brahma Guru Bhyodamaha, Om Aim Param Para Guru Bhyodamaha, Om Aim Paramishti Guru Bhyodamaha, we're also Think, I mean, you're covering the full gamut of spiritual life right there, right? <laughs> the full thing, right? From the highest realization, the highest reality, to the, to, to it's our our attempt, our holding on to something that reality and come into our little world, right? The the with the the infinite consciousness, the infinite reality, the infinite realization appearing as something we can think about, something we can say, something we can recite, something we can listen to and, and contemplate. That's a great mystery. That's the whole science of it. This is that, and so the, within the within the mantra itself, and the one who gives them is 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 the the the, the infinite. Uh, but it puts us, this 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 uh, guru pranam section of the of the puja. It, when we did the sankalpa, we mentioned where we were, right? I mean, elaborate and where and when we were. Right, puts us in, in, in where we are in, in cosmic geography and when we were in cosmic time. Right? This also puts us someplace where we are in, 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 in a spiritual lineage. We're also, that's one of the places where we organize ourselves. 
we tune ourselves. We, we, uh, our GPS has to use all these factors to know where we are and like this, right? We also find ourselves, we're sitting here, I'm sitting here talking, you're here and then listening, or, or you're sitting, or I'm here and doing puja, you're in your home doing puja. It is in, 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 in a particular moment, in a flow of time and space, and in, and, and in a particular place, in a lineage, or in a river, in a river of parampara, uh, uh, the river of grace. Right? We've talked about this before, that, that, that um, uh, um, one very beautiful, one of Thakur's disciples mentioned, one of a uh, very beautiful understanding of of, of diksha, uh, um, of, of initiation is that of that uh, of, of of um how to say uh, like uh, um, I read maybe some maybe Krishna Das even wrote something that 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 the disciple the guru line is not is not just a guru a lineage of gurus, it's a lineage of disciples. Right, that's a, it's, it's a disciplic. Sometimes, like Prabhupada translated it as disciplic succession. It says Guru Parampara means lineage of gurus, but he translates disciplic succession, lineage or a, a succession of, of we going up where we from guru to guru to guru to guru to guru, but exactly from disciple to disciple to their disciple to their disciple to their disciple, right? And so that's a very interesting thing because then disciples, there what's the quality? What's the qualification of disciple? The qualification of disciple, ideally. There's many qualifications listed that we should try to develop, but the simplest one that we have to have is some sincerity. If we're sincere, we approach somebody that that has hopefully some knowledge, or at least some authority to pass on a mantra or a tradition like this, right? And so, what's our qualification? Sometimes there's real qualification. There's mentioned even the shastra mentioned very important qualification. I won't mention now because we all get discouraged and we stop listening. <laughs> it's very discouraging. <laughs> the qualification is very desirable. <laughs> right. but, but I like this one qualification. If we're sincere, then somebody overlooks our disqualification or our lack of qualification and says, oh, but he's sincere or she's sincere. Right? So the person of, of, of mercy and compassion right, gives something out of, out of, out of compassion. Out of, and so the, the quality of the disciple ultimately, or the disciple has all these qualities, and the guru should have all these qualities, right? I can list those two. We'll get to the guru section. Maybe we'll list those. That's an, that's an interesting uh, point to remember. We've talked about it before, also in Guru Purnima and the like. But, uh, but the real quality is that one person has sincerity and the other person has mercy, right? Towards somebody who has sincerity. And so our, guru, our gurus, had, they saw we had maybe some sincerity, hopefully. And they, out of mercy, they gave us something maybe we didn't deserve. And maybe they're even disobeying the scriptures in doing, right? They mentioned like that. Like one of the, one of the things, Shastra says, I'll give it a direct quote, don't make many disciples, right? That, that the scripture says to the gurus, don't make disciples. That's the instruction. <laughs> don't make many for sure, but don't make any. <laughs> That's the first, first point. <laughs> if you're going to make some, make one. That's what uh, Sanyasi is supposed to make one disciple. More than that, already disobeying the scriptures is sin. And sin requires suffering. Punishment, right? And you see, many gurus have a lot of disciples, and they suffer, right? They suffer the karmas of their. They, maybe the we well, believe they suffer in the karmas of their disciples, could be, or they f- suffer the result of having to so many people to be responsible for. They can't think about their own spiritual life anymore. All kinds of things happen, you know, as a, as a result of this, right? But you can see, there's a reason why I said don't make many disciples, right? Uh, but out of so even even we have some sincerity, hopefully, and they have they're disobeying. <laughs> The lineage and teachings and scriptures, because they have because of their mercy and our sincerity, so that's great. Jai Guru, we can we, we can we can be eternally grateful to our Guru for this, right? What about their Guru? 
Why, why were there any? Oh, but they had so many. And we think, oh, no, my, I have no, I'm fallen like anything. I'm the worst. I'm the most, you know, it's like, but they, oh, my guru is so great. You know, the guru Gita says, my guru is the guru of the world. My guru is my Lord. You know, it's like, there's nobody greater. There's nobody greater than my guru. Even Shiva bows to my guru. You know, it, there's verses like that. <laughs> right. right. But chances are he was, maybe he or she was, maybe, maybe, hopefully, <laughs> at a better starting point than we start, you know. But what, what was his or her qualification when he approached? Or she approached was his his or her uh, uh, sincerity, sincere longing like this, uh, shraddha, faith and longing, you know, sincerity, right? And their guru had compassion and appreciated and, and gave mercy, and and there and they they had faith, shraddha, faith, uh, compa- uh, 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 sincerity, sincere longing, and their guru gave. So the lineage is a lineage of authority and experience and knowledge. But it's also the authority of overlooking all that. To face, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lineage of mercy. right? It's a river of grace. Krishna, that's why I'm remembering Krishna said. He uses that term, a river of grace. And so sometimes I think when you step into a lineage, when you connect with a lineage, parampara, disciple succession or guru lineage, right? You're, all, you're stepping into a river of grace, for sure, right? But you're also in, stepping into a river of tradition, right? Because and also that's how uh, tradition is passed down through this medium of grace, right? And it's a river of tradition. And so there's one I think maybe Rampuri made the comment. I I think about this a lot that it's passed down through through uh, through 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 um, both the teachings, the higher teachings and the intimate teachings, the direct teachings are and the mantras especially or the mantra especially especially especially. Right, the, the the diksha mantra, the mula mantra, it's it's passed down from from mouth to ear. You know, you know that's ultimately how it's. I mean, there's other ways of pass down shakti and blessings. You know, there's different types of diksha like that. But generally, it's passed down through either instruction or a mantra or the teachings from mouth to ear, the mouth from the mouth of somebody of great authority, right, and to the ear of somebody of great uh, sincerity. That combination is very, very... This is the way... That's how we enter the... Linda. That's how all these things have come down. And now the tendency is... It's like you know, everything's available online. Even this talks will be available online. Hi, <laughs> Facebook, you know? <laughs> right? Uh, so we have to... We're talking in a very general way, right? But uh, but so now there's no need for... There's no need for a, a lineage. People feel there's no need for a lineage. People feel there's no need for tradition. Right? Oh, I got the teaching. We can, we can look it up. You just Google it. You know, I always joke, Google... CoolSecretTantricMantras.com and wow, <laughs> cool secret tantric mantras—they're <laughs> out there, <laughs> right? Yes. So we had uh, ten people taking diksha uh, when I was a kid, <clears throat> and then uh, we all were four brothers <clears throat> at least, like we should, we could share. Yes, yes. So they whispered in our ear. Yes, yes. And yes. then oh, then we thought it was a secret, and yes, the other yes. day I got a different one. Yes, and yes. Then later on, when we discussed, all had given a same. Yes. So, 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 so it's a matter of not of, 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 of same or secret or different. It's still given one on one. So it's not even that it's some th- some mantras are considered like secret because they're because they're they're esoteric and have to be protected a little bit. Mm-hmm. But actually, secret or not secret, they're private, right? It's like it's like you can imagine you can imagine. I mean, I hate to be like, but like if you see a a, 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 a loving married couple, right? You don't have to imagine. It, you know that they're romantically involved and, and, and intimately involved like that. But still, that's their business. Yeah. So we, we, we know, but we, we don't interfere. We know everybody's roughly, people are roughly doing roughly the same thing. But that's between 
each there's a relationship. So relation between guru, between disciple, between a guru and disciple is a, is a is a private relationship, intimate relationship, not necessarily a secret relationship. But the way it is, like anything, if I tell you something even privately and you tell somebody, even though it's not a secret, you still it doesn't seem right to tell something you told somebody in private, even if it's not secret. Maybe right. You say that it's a secret, then yeah. more it can be, but the danger of that it, it it can be, but there's a danger also is that it becomes it becomes like oh uh, you think oh I'm very special and and so some of you can understand anything that's secret is throw throw away oh. knowledge should stand if something is true state it but it, but still the things that he the mantras he got and the mantras that he told privately you know but say this spiritual knowledge stated openly right it's all this mis mystical hiding everything is made on whole pollution of everything. It brought up uh, all these priestcraft, all kinds of garbage has happened because everybody's the secret knowledge. Mm. Knowledge is knowledge. He, what did he do? He took stuff that was secret in the Vedas and, and proclaimed it on stages, yeah. right? And changed the world because of this. You know, include that's why one of the reasons we're here is because of this bold, this bold, bold thing. Swami Shivananda, he was given. He wrote this book. He wrote many books. One of his one of his books was called Japa Yoga, right? It's a classic, classic book. It's called a, a comprehensive. Guide to Mantra Sadhana or something like that. Right? It's an incredible book, right? But in it, uh, there's a lot of great instructions on how to do japa. There's some basic detail. Everybody, we, we feel we should do japa, even though some people are initiated but but don't know, still don't know what to do, or just take a name of God and try to do and know what to do. But so that he gives that advice and he glorifies holy name and japa and gives much advice. But he also start then he also has pages where he just lists all kinds of mantras. He was critiqued for this. Right by an Orthodox, he was part of an Orthodox community. He's a South Indian Roman, right? And he was critiqued by other people of his own family lineage, like this. He said, "No, let it be." Of course, it, now this is before CoolSecretTantricMantras.com, right? <laughs> but at least they're in a book by Swami Shivananda, and there you're also getting tradition. It's his great mercy, his idea that people of sincerity will find this book. And I, out of his great mercy, he gave these things, right? If there's a sin, he says, let it be a sin. So many people, including me, were influenced by this book, right? So, if they, you know, this is, a, this is a great mercy. Once again, you're breaking, like taking many disciples, you're breaking the rule out of mercy, right? Even though you may suffer. So, he, Swami Jamie Shivananda suffered. He, he was criticized in his own life by people who didn't have the qualification to criticize him, right? <laughs> Right, but still, that was still he did it out of compassion, you know. And he says, "Let let it be." But still, a few mantras he mentions, like in the Srividya, he spent he mentioned the Srividya mantra. He doesn't give it, right? Gayatri he gave, and all these bij mantras. He gave a whole list of bij mantras. Let there be proper knowledge. It shouldn't be mysterious. Let it let it be known. Let it be known properly, right? But still, there's some things that are also his family tradition. You know that that he didn't. He left a few things out, but he still mentioned them. But he still left them out. <laughs> Interestingly enough, what time is it? Parama Guru Namaha. Om Aim Guru Namaha. Om Aim Parama. So this mantra Aim will go into it as we get to the Guru section. Aim is the. This is called the. I mentioned last week that Bij mantras. I'm speaking them because we're we're describing them, and they're but they're used in puja and used in japa. They're usually not used in in, dis, in discussion, in casual way. Even they're not written. Many books in the tantras themselves they're not written directly. They're given a hint, and you know oh it says the Vat Bij or Vat Bij. Or Saraswati Bija, or like that. And then you, oh, that means that when you're composing Omkara with was Vak Bij, with Saraswati and the vocative, and, 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 and I bow to it at the end. So you know, oh, that means Om, Aim, Saraswati, Nama. You know, by the mantra, by the way it's described. It's never really written, right? Because even if you, I mean, it's, it's, sometimes it's in a code and you really can't, you don't know what the mantra is. 
can only guess what the mantra is. You have to you have to know the code, or you have to be initiated to the mantra, and then you oh now I realize. Or sometimes it's there, but the, it's still not. It's out of respect for the mantra. They give it in code form. So the this mantra is called the Vak Bij or Vach Bij, means for the goddess's speech, and uh, Saraswati's Rupa. More than Saraswati, this is the the, the goddesses of speech, the the the, uh, the matrikas and the like, right? The, the presiding deities of of, of the of the constant the syllables, or letters you could say, matrikas. Uh, so, so it's well, we, in popular Hinduism we consider her Saraswati. And what is Saraswati? Saraswati is mantra. Saraswati is Veda, right? Knowledge, scripture, music, right? Saraswati is everything at its very refined. Knowledge, mantra, and culture, very refined, right? Saraswati, what is you know? She dresses in white. She holds the Vedas, a classical instrument that's very difficult to tune, <laughs> and a crystal mala. Sound at its most pristine, knowledge at its most pure, at its most original, like this. And so, the guru, we use it, of course, for 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 Saraswati, Saraswati's main beach mantra. But we also use it. There's other mantras used for the guru, also, but we use it for guru for the same purpose. Because the guru is Saraswati's vehicle, because the guru gives mantra, gives culture, gives training, gives subtlety, gives knowledge. These are all the realm of Saraswati. So the mantra we use for for guru in some pujas in the Bengali form especially uh, is this. Sometimes uh, there are certain bij mantras like that. There's also another way of uh, generating a bij mantra because a sound gives rise to a word, right? And so the first sound of a, of, of a word gives rise to the rest of the word, right? And so some books you'll see Om Gam or uh, Gam Ganapateye Namaha, Om Gum Guru Bio Namaha, right? So Gum. That's just the first word for guru, right? That, so that from the g sound comes guru, right? So that's also sometimes you'll see some books will say om gum guru biyoda maha or like this, right? But here it's used in the Bengali tantra, it's given this way, this speech mantra is given. And then over the left here, om gam ganeshaya namaha. And then there's different, according to exact lineages, it's changed a little bit. The way we do it, then we do omaim, because we're ultimately we're the temple here in our tradition, the ultimate guru, whoever our individual guru is, Ramakrishna is the guru. Om Aim Sarva Deva Devi Surupaya Sri Ramakrishna and then uh, the and then also Padameshti Guru, the real Padameshti Guru is the Divine Mother herself, we we say. So when there's the mantra for the Devi. So uh, this is a way of saluting, so it puts us in this in, in tune. Also it's literally it's put in this. We're bowing. It uh, we're we're doing puja in in like, oh now I'm gonna do puja. We we're gonna do puja, you know. We actually the 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 mood of, of a sadak of a disciple is that we're doing puja, we're assisting the guru in doing puja, right? We're in a lineage and we're doing. And actually, one of the mantras, I'm forgetting just now, but it is there's a Bengali song, a Sanskrit song, Bengali based song, um, that says that the uh, the one of the the duties of the guru is to engage the disciple in worshiping the deity, is to in into into doing puja. This is a worshiping could be literally like this. I mean, elaborately, but it, it, that's the duty to engage. And so, the, and so the disciple thinks, "Oh, I'm being engaged. I'm assisting, right?" And so this is why we do Guru Puja first. Sometimes, some, a lot of Puja books say they do the Ganesh Puja first. Ganesh is always, but we do Guru even before Ganesh, right? Because the idea is that first we worship, then we're doing everything in Guru's name. Sometimes there's a mood. The Vaishnavas they tend to think, "Oh, everything they offer first, they offer to the Guru, and the Guru offers." Like you, you don't offer to Krishna, you offer to Guru. Guru offers to Krishna, 
right? That's a way, kind of ascending process, right? Or sometimes you offer to Krishna and then you offer the prasad to Guru, descending process. But there's different babas that are there. We start with Guru, we start with Guru, the Guru gives, gives you, opens the way. Also Guru, Guru, Sadhu, like this, we, we mentioned this in the past, that uh, they're uh, even the gatekeepers, right? They're the, they're the, uh, uh, they're the door, Right, they're like into a tradition, into a lineage, into a sadhana, into a mantra, into a lineage, uh, and a, 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 so a gatekeeper. A gatekeeper has read. Oh, I mean, oh, guru, oh, and, and so what? Nowadays, you have gurus on tour, right? And they're on tour, and everybody come, come in, come on 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 in. But a gatekeeper is not somebody who lets people in. Gatekeepers also keep people out. That's also their function. It's both. They're protectors of a tradition, right? And so that that that. Uh, 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 um, so we have to be, be conscious that we're, we're, we're um, uh, by their grace, by his grace, by her grace, we're, we're, uh, that knowledge comes down to us and we're allowed in, but we're also, without their grace, we're not allowed in. And all of a sudden we're wiggling our fingers, throwing water, chanting mantras, and there's nothing. Right? We haven't got, we're not, we're not there, just because you, you know, you can sit outside of a club and sing and dance. Right, hearing the music, but you're not in the club. You haven't been led into the club. <laughs> we got it. It looks just like it, right? Just like just like Ravana, uh, Ravana grabbed Sita and stole her, right? According to uh, Tulsi Das, he never touched Sita, Chaya, Chaya Sita, right? The, the uh, shadow Sita. He can because Ravana can never touch Sita, right? Of course, Rama can touch Sita, but uh, but no, not only Rama. Hanuman can touch Sita. Sita's children could touch Sita. Sita's parents could touch Sita. Those whose love and devotion, the proper relationship, they could touch Sita. But Ravana could not touch Sita. Even though he thought he had her, he had, he had the semblance of Sita. Right? This has been given as a big thing. This happens in Puja, this happens in Kirtan, it happens in Mantra, it happens in many things. We have the shadow of the thing. It looks just like the thing. We're sitting outside dancing, but we're not, we're, we're, we never got in the front gate. Right? You know, it's like we, we, we um, and the result, it, it, but just even the shadow is so auspicious that it still transforms you, right? Even people without 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 knowledge, of they're doing with sincerity or even insincerity. People doing yoga without with exactly the wrong reason, still there's there can be an awakening. People singing kirtan with the exact wrong reason, there can be an awakening. Even the shadow of the thing has is so powerful, and powerful enough to Ram to spend months of his life and tremendous energy to go save her, the non sita sita, right? Right. So, Right, it still has power, right? But we have to, so, anyways, uh, this proper attitude towards guru and the guru lineage is a way in and, and like this, and the way and and also keeps us out. That's pretty good. And, and an hour and fifteen minutes, we got verse. <laughs> the next section is kada shuddhi, kada shuddhi, another purification. Shad shuddhi or kada shuddhi means hands, right? Kada shuddhi, and so of course. First thing you do is like, oh, wash. I remember when we were first, you remember when, when Harudan and Pranab came in, everybody walked in, go wash. Go washing, washing, washing. The first thing, washing, washing, washing. For everything, we go and wash our hands. For everything, wash our hands. Right? Because that's what we don't even, it's simple. That's not high purity rules. We really don't. I mean, like how many, I, I forgot the statistics, how many people die every year because of colds? Because people don't, only because people don't wash their hands. Just like, just like colds. You know what? The, I mean, many people die. It's like hundreds of thousands of people in America die, 
because just because they don't wash people don't wash their hands enough you know we shouldn't get neurotic about it. that's not what i mean people wash their hands too much <laughs> but a lot of people are most people problems they don't wash their hands enough right and so uh so why is it because the hands are the main thing right if you can't take it like you know if, if you can't take a full bath before at least go wash your hands and then then you know like the minimum thing is you wash your hands before dealing with people or, or after touching something dirty you wash your hands or before touching something clean wash your hands that's the, the two ways right when you impure you you may not take a full bath. Oh, I'm dirty. Uh, wash my hands, then I'll then I'll do with that. Or I'm going to do something clean. Wash your hands and do something clean, right? Before eating, you wash your hands, and before after going to the bathroom, you wash your hands. Same thing. Before doing something pure, or before after doing something impure, you wash your hands. And the hands represent the whole body. There's an astral reason also. Of course, the hands literally look like a body. You have the head, the two arms. So it's it's a symbolic type of thing. And but also the hands also represent the um, five uh, elements. Right, the, the five, therefore the five, the five chakras and the five elements. So the the ring finger is represents water element. Even in India now, you do this to somebody, they tell you where 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 is the bathroom to urinate. You do this, and you, they go, this means urinate. Yeah. You do this, and you just have to do this, and they go, oh, yes, yeah, round back anywhere. <laughs> you, know what, you know what it means, right? Right. This is a, like, but because it, even it's 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 entered pop, popular culture, right? The pinky is 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 water element, which means the second chakra. Right, uh, the ring finger uh, is uh, uh, root chakra, the the earth element. Yeah, I have to, I have to do a mudra. There's a mudra that I can cup, and I have to do a mudra to remember earth element, which means mudra chakra. The middle middle finger is space element, which means throat chakra. Right, this other pointer finger is air element, which means uh, uh, heart chakra, where the lungs are, and things like that. Right. The, um, the thumb is fire element, which is the third chakra, right? So by doing things with your full fingers, you're actually doing things to the, to the full body, the full chakra system, right? Representing the full limbs of the body, the star pattern of our, you've seen that famous drawing of Mark, Mark, with, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, the man is, you know, you can see the star shape of the, of, of the human species, you know, uh, shown. Uh, um, uh, but, uh, but also it's the elements that can make up our body. Right, so the, the, the a clean hand means clean body, right? And it says in the, I don't have the verses, but I, I memorize the verses, but I don't, I, I can't tell you the source of it. But there's a mantra that says, when the hands are clean, anything you touch becomes clean. If the hands are dirty, anything you touch becomes dirty. It's common sense, right? But it's true in puja. If your hands are clean, then your things you're doing, you're, 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 but if your hands are dirty, everything you touch becomes dirty. It makes sense, right? Right, and so then, so so this. Karashudi, you take a. It's it, this is a, ultimately means wash your hands or sprinkle your hands. We have a, we always have Ganga water here. Purify your hands with Ganga water. You know we do like this, right? Right. Um, then there's also we we put kusha back to kusha grass. We make a kusha ring called pavitra ring that also purifies and like that. Then there's also this is a, a South Indian kusha called the pavitra ring, right? Revealed in ancient times to some brahmana. Uh, that uh, I think uh, Kartik uh, 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 Adikeshav. I don't remember the whole story. He knows the whole story, uh, but it's it's it. But it looks like it. It looks like something knotted, and it's all like almost like a like an Irish knot. You know that kind of like a very snake-like and knot-like, right? But it's like tying of the thing, and it's believed that anything is the same. It becomes the same as doing as having a pavitring, and therefore everything just becomes pure, right? Uh, it's a way of, and also to think, even thinking whether or not, you know, me, you know, my habit of not washing my hands enough, but I have a ring, it's okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You know, you know, but it is what it is, but also you put your mind towards purity when you think of these things. 
when you think when you think of a, a kushagra, when you put a kushagra thing, they're very uncomfortable to do puja with kushagra things, right? Maybe it's purifying everything you touch, right? Or maybe thinking about it is purifying everything you touch, right? Holy Mother said, Takra said, purity and impurity is in the mind, right? There was a thing where Holy Mother's Brahmin cook a a a, a, um, a a bird went to the bathroom on it, a crow on him, him, right? And and, and Holy Mother just wash it, it's fine. Right? No, no, no. But Brahmin cooks, Brahmin, they're hired because they're very strict. They hired Brahmin cooks, right? No, no, he wouldn't do, or she, I forget, it must be he. he wouldn't do, wouldn't do, wouldn't do. Just, it's okay, just wash just wash it and wash, sprinkle Gunga. And then he said, like, okay, go to the Gunga, sprinkle Gunga water and cook. It's getting late. No, no, how can I do like that? And then she, Holy Mother said, just touch me. Now you're pure, now go. Right? Of course, she had the ability to purify everything, but, but, but she also said, wash it, you're pure enough. And sprinkle Gunga water, you're pure enough. But finally, the man accepted that touching Holy Mother would make, would make him pure. Purity is in the mind, impurity is in the mind, ultimately. All right, you can see. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm, I, I, uh, one of the devotees, his little brother, you know, he was, you know, a little kid, you know, diapers, diaper age type of child, right? And when the friend who I'm talking about was super strict on muchi, suchi stuff, you know, clean, cleanliness and uncleanliness. And he made some comment, oh, he's, a, he's unclean. And, and the grandma, hey, what are you talking about? A little boy like that's always clean. Right? There's nothing impure. Like, and in a certain sense, the boy has no idea of purity and purity. Right? And so also we don't think the same way with children. It's like, oh, I have to every time you touch your child, children are not like clean. <laughs> in my no sense. <laughs> but they're pure. And purity is more important. So even that, you know, we, we, we tolerate more with children. Right? If a kid, you know, all of a sudden a kid will run and jump on the shrine. Like we kind of laugh out, the parents, oh my God, they're embarrassed. They get the kid and drag it off. This it's, it's okay, what do we do? But if somebody else, but if the parent goes on the shrine, we're like, Usha screams at them, and then we spray everything with gunga water. And we make him feel really bad, and I make him feel really bad about it. You know, like trying not to do it again, right? Because it's a different thing. They should know better, and they do know purity and impure, and they, and they do know better. They're, <laughs> they're trying to get away with it. <laughs> like, like, like this. <clears throat> So the way we do it in, 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 the, in the puja we do, there's a mention, this isn't mentioned in Tantra Shastra, where we take a flower, very tantric, deeper thing, but you take a flower, you dip it, it's a right hand, you dip it in some sandalwood paste. Sandalwood paste is always pure also, it's another thing. It's a very, the purest of, of substances. That's why everything we, we offer is touched with sandalwood paste, not just for the smell, because it's an extremely pure um, uh, item, right? Uh, we touch with sandalwood paste, and you roll it on your hand, you chant some mantras, and you roll it on your head. There's a whole ritual thing, and then you and then you smell it, and you like, the, and then the very thing you hold something in, in this one mudra, and you you put it on one shoulder, right, and, and and then you throw it behind you on another around your thing, and this is the idea that you reach into like a quiver of arrows, very very astral type of thing or mental thing, and you take the arrow, and then you you take that arrow. Now you've charged the arrow, you've loaded it, right, with all the sin and dirt and all the astral stuff you've you've removed from your hands and smelled and rolled and everything through this tantric uh, method into the flower, right? You take it and then and then you throw it. And where do you throw it? Over your on your over your left side is where inauspicious things come. This is a the in the, the the enemies come from your behind you on your left side. We have protective deities. Shaktas have protective deities on, the, on behind them on their left side. Right, like Patangirida and and Shinga and like this, right? That's where they are hiding behind us. Um, what we do, could we have any, so what do we do? We take that thing and we throw it, and the idea that it becomes like a charged weapon and it gets thrown on and it falls on the head of our enemies. Now, whether or not we're like you know 
Every time I do this, one of you gets a headache. Oh, what is Bambi doing? <laughs> I didn't mean to piss them off or anything like that. Not like that, right? And enemies are these, and we can take it as internal enemies or astral enemies or spiritual struggles we're going through. But the idea that anything impure, we remove, and then we throw, and let, 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 what do you do with it? You use that, like nowadays you wash your hands, you save the water, throw it in the garden, right? Because we're, we're out of, we, we don't, all that good, Nasty chakti stuff should be shouldn't be wasted. <laughs> we use it to do some to do some good. We we throw it on on the head of the, of, of our of our enemies. The next section is pushpashuti, which I think I'll I can do pushpashuti. I think now I'll take a few minutes. Pushpashuti. Then we purify the plate of flowers. The flowers are used in already. We've offered some flowers. This is a symbolic purification. And of course, we have pure flowers, and flowers are by, by definition pure. They're the pure. You know, nature's bounty. Nature is always pure, right? Uh, and and we've washed the flowers, right? We've chosen good flowers. We have they've no they have no insect. They have no bad smell. They don't. They haven't been chewed on by another animal. There's all these restrictions like that. They shouldn't. And the description: what makes flowers impure? Thing that if it has an insect, if it's dirty, if it doesn't smell bad, if it doesn't have a smell. Interesting. A, a flower without a fragrance is not is considered in, unclean. Flowers are chosen for their fragrance as much as, as their as their beauty. Their beauty is part of it. Actually, there's a there's a very sharp verse that a, a sadhu or a brahmin or a, without bhakti is like a flower without fragrance. It's all show, right? The essence of a beauty, is like, and he says, to be thrown away is unclean. That's how we treat. It. It's a strong verse, right? <laughs> right? It's, 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 a, it's a metaphor. I mean, it's a, it pulls into that sentiment, you know. But the idea that, so that the flowers should smell beautiful, they have good fragrance, they should be clean, they shouldn't be have no insect, they shouldn't be have been eaten, shouldn't have you know shouldn't been nibbled on or you know have holes in, like this, and they should be couldn't be washed like that. And yet here we're here, we're sprinkling we're sprinkling them more. So there's more purification that has to happen. What is a so what is it that can make a flower flowers impure even after they're even after they've been purified? So there's subtle things perhaps right. One is is you know they may have been Smelt. They have good fragrance. They've been smelled. Of course, smelling flowers is, you can't say smelling flowers is a bad thing, right? But the thing is, we try to offer things new. We don't taste the food we offer. We offer it and then we take the prashad if, if there's any left, right? So similarly, we offer without smelling. Of course, we can't, you know, we're on a puja day, the whole house smells like jasmine and rose. I mean, we can't help it, right? But you know, like, Ma, here's for you. You know, like, and then it's your, your, your and one thing, nothing's happened. But it seems unclean somehow, yeah. right? Something we happen, we go, we go to Trader Joe's to buy flowers for puja. And the lady, you know, the lady at the counter, they immediately, oh, this is so beautiful. And we're like, you know, should we, should we, should we put it back? And, you know, we don't, sometimes, sometimes I get embarrassed to put it back. We should put it back, you know, it's like, because it, it's been, it shouldn't be smelled. Right, people, people, but, but the thing is, you can get like, oh, don't smell the flowers. And you, you, you make people feel bad for smelling flowers is also not a good thing. That's almost more impure. Right, you've pure, you've you by ruined it by 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 being, making somebody feel bad about something, right, right. But that's one thing. The idea that been they've been subtly enjoyed, right. But another thing is like, how did we how did we grow them? How are they picked? Were they picked respectfully? How you pick tulsi is very important. I'm very nervous in India. You go you go to the flower store and you and you ask, oh, tulsi patra? Yes, yes, they're going to give them. They pull a bunch in your bag and blah patra. And the way they the way they stuff the tulsi in your bag, you know, it wasn't they they picked it the same way. They just rip it off the plants. Mm. Like going, is that is that is this the food? It's like having having a, a deer skin that's been hunted. It's a, is that yeah. that feel, it doesn't feel. It, maybe it's nece, it's necessary. So we can't not have tulsi, and tulsi is always pure like that. But it doesn't seem right somehow, right? So maybe it's not picked properly, 
Also, it's picked for a lot of flowers. We grow our own flowers mostly, but in, during time of the year, we have to buy flowers, right? So it means they're being sold for a profit. That itself is already something not so pure. It pollutes it, right? And then the money we're using, did we make it purely, honestly? That money has an energy, a shakti, right? Our friends at the Kashmir Shaivite Fellowship, I mean, like Kriju disciples, when they do puja on a, on a puja day, right? And they sense it, oh, we need, we need, uh, we need spinach, right? For, for the sock, right? Okay, I'll, you know, and they call, and they call oh, we need spinach. Oh, yes, I'll pick it up on the way home. No, 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 come home first. Get the money and then take and then buy it. Right? Don't use the devotees can't use their money to it has to be money that's from the temple. Right? Because by being given to the temple, it's been purified. That pure money buys pure vegetables. Right? Even though they're trying it's the same, it's it's maybe just a ridiculous ritual obsessive thing, but there's a view of this that it also makes something that's one of the ways that, so there's subtle impurities that can be even in something pure like a flower, like like a plate of flowers, right? And so they're purified, further purified by the sprinkling of water. This is a, this uh, this mantra 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 snan, which thinking of water was mantra, right? So we we go om shat abhishekahung patswa with a thousand baths, we're bathing it a thousand times, right? Sat abhisheka, or the bath of truth, it means thousand. Here it means hundreds or a thousand, right? With hundreds of baths, we're we're bathing the flowers, right? And then we touched. Then we it's very beautiful. We touch the flowers lightly. And you go pushpe, pushpe, maha pushpe, sup pushpe, pushpe sambave, pushpa chayavakirane, chahung patswaha. Right? Pushpe, pushpe, flowers, flowers, buds of flowers, piles of flowers, bunch of flowers, right? Every category of flowers, right? All these we purify with the mantra, we mentioned hung patswaha last week. Uh, roughly as purify, protect, purify, purify, protect, spiritualize, like like that, right? We're purifying with this mantra. Flowers, flowers, grape flowers, auspicious flowers, buds of flowers, piles of strewn flowers. That's Pushpe, Pushpe, Maha Pushpe. Now Pushpe is many flowers are the flowers. All kinds, we have, when we're doing Pushpe, we have all kinds of flowers, from piles of strewn flowers and flower petals like that. And then internally, we have all kinds of flowers within us. We have chakras and the like within us. <clears throat> I promise to finish in two minutes. Uh, um, uh, uh, I'll cut the flower. But, but flowers also represent, what we do, we, we make our tray for puja, we, got, we spend, actually puja doesn't start when you start the first month, it starts when you start cleaning, we start thinking, planning, right, when you, and then you, and you start picking flowers and collecting leaves, and you're washing them, and you put them in beautifully on a tray, you're correcting the tray, what's that tray, it's a tray of offerings, Ma's not sitting, Ma's like, maybe she is, I'm not, I have to be careful not to speak for Ma, right, maybe, maybe Ma, let me rephrase that, maybe Ma is thinking like going, I need flowers. <laughs> Go get flowers. Nobody's about maybe it's, it's like that. You know, maybe our earthly mom sometimes needs flowers too, right? So maybe she does need flowers. Yeah, like that. right. But and of course we think we need to give her flowers. That's one that's more important than her needing flowers. Like a kid picking flowers from the garden and giving them to their mom. That's what we're doing, right? And she's oh great, you picked my flowers. Oh thank you. <laughs> 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 sometimes we we'll go out and anyways, but um. But what, that preparation is, is, is that preparation, what are we, we're gathering things to offer, right? And so, and then, and then it says we, when we sprinkle the wine, then we touch the flowers lightly. Pushpe, you've probably seen us do pushpe, pushpe, maha, pushpe, you touch the flower, you touch everything lightly. I think, I've not read, but I, in my own meditation, I think this is significant, right? Because the things that we're gathering, the things of this world that we're gathering for worship, they're touched lightly, right? And of course, I saw recently a, a documentary on, with the, the uh, the violently destructive 
characters of, of hummingbirds, right? <laughs> the, the world, if you're smaller than the hummingbird, it's the hummingbirds are monsters, you know? But anyway, but I like the idea of hummingbirds and bees. What do they do? They go from flower to flower. Uh, Gandhi made this example, right? Like a, a hummingbird or, or a, a, a bee, Madhukari. A Madhukari goes, a bee goes from flower to flower and just touches, barely touches, right? Takes a little here, a little there, barely touches. And not only that, it, le it, it pollinates. It actually leaves it better than it left that. So this is the way it gathers, it gathers honey. It, madhukari means it's making honey. It gathers from many sources, barely touches, leaves the things to their benefited, and from that makes amrita, honey. Right, so this is a, to me is also a way we can live our how we do our puja. We gather carefully, lightly, right, and the best quality things. And 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 and, and if this way we, we're creating something divine, right? There's a there's a mantra, Avinamagupta, I believe. Uh, I didn't look, I didn't grab that one. I know where to find it. Maybe next week I'll show you. But it, it describes that uh, Lord Shiva has all these devis that are only serving him, right? And the devis are the senses. They're the presiding deity of the senses. So the eyes are a devi, and the only purpose of the, the devi is to serve Shiva, right, with the self, right? So it runs out looking for beautiful things to gather to give Shiva, and our, to, to bring beautiful things to our awareness, which is Shiva, right? And the tongue lashes out, runs, running everywhere looking for wonderful tasting things in order to worship Shiva, who is the experiencer. Who worship the experiencer with experience. The sense of touch, looking for pleasant touches in order to like. So this is also, to me, the gathering of this tray of flowers. Is, 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 is even all the things we're collecting, these are things that are meant for the pleasure, pleasure of Ma, and, or even, even uh, 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 deeply spiritual thing. Right. So every experience is like this, gathering of flowers. And then also in, in simple texts and commentaries on, on these things, the flowers represent all the things that they represent our love and devotion, right? So when we offer flowers, what is it? We, we want to worship. We want to worship Ganesha. We do at the Ganapushpe with this dragon flower. We worship Ganesha. We worship Ganesha, right? The flower may be Ganesha's. Yay! I got a flower, right? But also, what else can we do? We want to offer our love and devotion to Ganesha, and and flowers are our traditional way, the beautiful way, sattvic way, right? The auspicious way, right? Fragrant way, you know, perfect symbol and so many things. But it becomes a vehicle. For, for our attention, our devotion, our, 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 our meditation. With that, I lied. I was, I'm two minutes past my guaranteed stop. <laughs> so thank you for your kind attention. We'll continue next next week, God willing. Tell me. Yes, yes. Yes. Yes, yes. So actually, Dattatera is always worshipped. That's another thing we can mention. We, we, we bring it up during the Guru Puja part. The Guru is worshipped. Dattatera is always worshipped. Like uh, Shiva is worshipped through Shivalingam, right? right? So uh, uh, um, uh, Dattatera is worshipped through the Padukas. Yeah. And therefore, the Guru is worshipped through the Padukas. Right. The Guru, this Guru Padu and the Padukas, not only maybe he wore them, so they're holy because they touched his lotus feet, right? But the Padukas are very significant. They're what the Guru stands upon. It's a tradition, right? The path, right? So that whoever the Guru, the Guru steps on it and then steps off them and we still worship. It's the path and the teachings and the tradition. So the Guru, the guru Paduka is very, very important. We have devotion. Oh, they touch the lotus feet of my great Guru who's better than everybody else's Guru. My Guru's shoes are better than everybody. You know, that's okay. <laughs> that, that, that's just the way we think. But the, the deep spiritual reality 
This is the very foundation on which the guru stands. That's what we're worshiping, right? And sometimes the gurus even step off the path. Sometimes they die and leave the path. But sometimes they even leave the path, right? But the path has still been revealed to us. The guru represents, the guru padaka is more guru than the guru. You know, very interesting thing. So that's what it is always worshipped in, in the Guru Padukas. Jai Guru, Sri Guru Paduka, Bhyo Namaha, Hari Om Tatsa.